0: Uh, if you have your Bibles, First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen, that's going to be our kickoff uh, scripture for this evening. First Corinthians chapter thirteen, and we're starting a brand new uh, series this month uh, called Healthy Relationships. Healthy relationships. So for all this month, we're going to be looking into God's Word and, and and praying for God's instruction on the right way to deal with our relationships, the right relationships, the things that that we should do to appreciate the relationships. That God has given us uh, because it's so important that that's life you know wherever we go uh, we're in relationships whether it's at work or or here at church of course in our homes uh, with our children with our you know husbands and wives wives and husbands and and, and just in just the family so relationships are so vital so important so it would be in our best interest as, as God's people to look at God's word And to seek God and understand how he wants us to treat the relationships we have. How important they are and how we should deal with the relationships that God's given us. Praise God. When you think about relationships, you have to think about family. And I read a couple uh, uh, quotes here uh, about family. And I just want to share them with you before we read. Family. One person said, home is wherever my bunch of crazies are. Someone else said families are like fudge, mostly sweet with lots of nuts. (laughs) My family is temperamental, half temper, half mental. (laughs) Here's the last one. Every family has one weird relative. If you don't know who it is in your family, it's probably you. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. We're gonna read and then we're gonna we're gonna pray that the Lord would help us and speak to our hearts tonight. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 uh, through 7. The Bible says love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. Thinks no evil and does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Verse seven bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And tonight we're going to focus there in verse seven on love bears all things. So why don't you bow your head with me and let's just believe God and pray and seek the Lord this evening. Father, we're so grateful. We're grateful, God, for your loving mercy in our lives, God. We thank you for your calling in our lives, God, for what you're doing in us and through us, Father God. And I just pray tonight that you would speak to our hearts, God. In this month, oh God, that you would speak to our lives, Father God, that we would pattern our relationships, our lives after your word, Father God, knowing that if we do that, Lord, we will have good success, my God. I lift up your people In here tonight, God, for any burden that they may be carrying, that you would just take that burden tonight, Father. That you would give your people strength. For those that are watching online, Lord, that you would be with them as well, Father. And we're so grateful, God. Help us, Lord God. Give us understanding. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. We all say, amen. Amen. Love bears all things. In our text there in verse 7, it says it bears all things. Love bears all things. I was reading a commentary on this, and it said that love will pass by and put up with injuries without indulging anger or cherishing revenge. Will be patient upon provocation and long-patient, long-suffering. So as we talk about love and, and love bearing all things we have to see how that applies in our lives. God's given us an important role to play in our families, in our homes. Starting in our homes, in our churches, at our jobs, everywhere that we go. God called, has called us to be a light in this dark world. And God has called us through his love to bear all things. He's not called us to throw in the towel when things get tough. When we go through some difficult times in our marriage, perhaps, God has not called us to throw in the towel. The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. See, the world has its definition of love and how far your love can and should go. If you're offended one time, then okay. If you're offended a second time, cut them off and forget about them. Right? That's what the world says. But God's word teaches us another way, and as we look here in our in our text, and uh, which we're going to be focusing all this month about godly love, and it starts off and say, "Love suffers long; is long-suffering; it's patient; it's not puffed up; it is not proud; it does not parade itself." That's that's the godly love. The world defines it as something different. But if we will have good success in our lives and in the relationships. That we're a part of. We're going to have to look at God's word. Love bears all things. If we think back. Growing up. Perhaps it was a guardian in your life. Perhaps it's your mother and your father. That have always been there for you. Despite your hang ups. And your attitudes. And your failures. And your trespasses. Whatever it may be. There have been those people in our lives. That we can always count on that we can always call, that have always been there. And why? Because they have that godly love that bears all things, that that love that forgives and that wants to see the best for you and I. In my life, I've seen it in my parents, in family and friends that have not given up on me, that have believed in me. Those that have helped me sacrificially, that have made all the difference in my life. Why? Because the love that they had bore all things i think of my younger years growing up the love that i was shown by my mother even when i made mistakes and when i did things that disappointed her she never cut me off yes yeah, she was disappointed she would direct me she would she would she would speak to me and deal with these things but Despite the disappointment, despite the hurt, she was always there to love me, to take care of me, me and my brothers and sisters, to not, to not cast me off because of an offense. And it's a reflection of the, of the godly love that we should have and experience. See, that love bears all things. And we could look at our loved ones, we could look at those that, that, that have taken care of us throughout the years, those people that have been faithful in our lives throughout the years, whoever that may be for you, But we look at the true embodiment of this love, and it's Jesus Christ. And here in Isaiah chapter 53, we have a prophetic scripture of of Jesus and his sacrifice for us. Isaiah 53, verse 11 and 12, listen to what the Bible says here. It says, when he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. Because of Christ's righteousness, you and I can be righteous, right? For he will bear all their sins. In verse 12, I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. Thank you, Jesus, for his sacrifice. He was counted among the rebels. Now, listen to this. He bore the sins of many and interceded for rebels. He bore your sins, and he bore my sins. Your hang-ups, your trespasses, the things that offended him. He bore it. He took it on his shoulders, and he took it to the cross, and he became that perfect sacrifice for you and I. Love bears all things. This is the godly love that should affect our relationships, and this is the love that we should have in our lives for those around us for those who are easy to love and for those who are difficult to love because we all have them in our lives. To bear all things means to sustain all manner of injury and ill usage and bears up under it such as curses and slanders, prison, exile, bonds and torments, and death itself. For the sake of the injurious of others and perseveres in this firmness. Note what a fortitude and firmness fervent love will give the mind. What cannot a love endure for the beloved and for his sake? How many slights and injuries will he put up with? How many hazards will he run? And how many difficulties encounter? This is the godly love that should be working in our life. Love bears all things. And it's God's will that this love that would bear all things, that would endure hardships, that would endure disappointments, that would endure trespasses from your loved ones. This is a love that God wants working in our homes. See, we could think easily about it working maybe in the four walls of the church or work, but how about in our homes? That's where everything starts. Love bears all things. When someone has this kind of love, when they're hurt, they'll continue to pray for that loved one that hurt them. When they're betrayed, they'll continue to believe God for their redemption. They'll love as the Bible tells us to love, to love as God loves us. Someone that has that love, when they're tired, they'll still contend for their loved ones. When they feel like throwing in the towel, they won't throw in the towel. They won't give up. Why? Because love bears all things. I think of a powerful passage in Matthew chapter 14. And we understand Jesus' love for all mankind, but there there was a bond and there was a connection that Jesus had with John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was, was called to prepare the way to make the crooked path straight for the Messiah that was soon to come. He had a powerful ministry, and he was preaching the good news in the gospel, saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and we understand the story of how John the Baptist and Jesus' mother, uh, as, they, they grew, as they got together, how the baby leapt in, uh, inside of her. John the Baptist leapt inside of his mother's womb. Why? Because of the connection that we had with his Savior. And it goes on, John the Baptist was preaching the good news and he was imprisoned. He was jailed because of his faith, uh, his faith. And what ended up happening is that he was beheaded. He became a martyr. He was killed for preaching the truth. And I imagine what Jesus felt and what he thought of when he heard this the pain. He was God, but he was human. The pain that he felt. Matthew 14, 10 through 14. It says, this is where Herod beheaded John the Baptist. And he sent and he beheaded John in the prison in verse 11. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel. And she brought it to her mother. Look in verse 12. And his disciples came, this John the Baptist's disciples came and took up the body and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. Anytime we've gotten bad news, tragic news, what's our instinct? What do we want to do? We just need some alone time, right? We need some time to get get ourselves together. We don't. It's not the time that we would think to be goodness ministering to multitudes and to other people and hearing their needs and their wants and their desires and all the things that they're going through and and Jesus was in this situation he got the news of John the Baptist that he was just killed and look in verse 13 we're talking about love bearing all things in verse 13 when Jesus heard of it he departed thence by a ship into a desert place apart he sought solitude to be alone, maybe to grieve for John the Baptist, maybe to to shed some tears perhaps because of this tragic news that he received. But look what the Bible says, and when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. They heard that Jesus was around, so they started to flock towards him. What did Jesus do? What would we have done we probably would have ran and hide and told people, it's not a good time right now. I need some alone time. I, I, need, I need some time to myself. I'm, I'm not ready or I'm not in the right state to minister to your needs. Do you know what I'm going through? But what did Jesus do? In verse 14, despite his pain, despite his hurt and his mourning, it says, Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed, he healed their sick. See, if we talk about love, if we talk about godly love, we have to look at Jesus' love. And he embodied this, this truth that love bears all things. When he sought solitude, when he sought to be alone, when he sought to, to just focus on himself and to mourn the death of a loved one, what did he do? He had compassion on others, and he healed their sick. See, he put himself second, and that's what, the godly, that's what godly love does. That's godly love. It, it's, it puts itself second. It's not proud. It seeks the well-being of others. Don't you thank God for that? I thank God for his love, for his mercy. I thank God for what he's done in my life, that when I, when I offended him and when I, when I trespassed against him and when he was offended by my sin, he still loved me. And we could bring this love into our homes. For the marriages in this place, marriages face all kinds of different types of turmoil and trial and situations and tests and circumstances day to day because of the strains of life, right? But love will bear all things. You don't throw in the towel, you don't give up, you endure. I endure. I seek God in prayer. I believe God for these things that are out of my control, perhaps. Love bears all things. When we're tempted to give into despair, perhaps as Jesus was here in this passage, we'll have faith. We won't lose our faith for the sake of our family and our friends and our our wives and, and, and wives for your husbands and for your children. When you're disappointed or when you feel betrayed or when you're hurt, you won't give in because love bears all things. That's what Jesus did for you and I. So, why is it difficult sometimes to love as God's called us to love? A lot of reasons, I believe, but I think on the top, there's selfishness, our own desires and ambitions, our own pride, self sufficiency, and our feelings and our opinions and who we are. That can get in the way of loving like God wants us to love. How about hurts? You've been hurt. You've been betrayed. You've been slapped in the face. You've been backstabbed, perhaps. And the natural you, our flesh, would tell us, you know what, I'm not going to give myself over to be hurt again. I'm not going to love anymore. I'm not going to pray for them. I'm going to write them off. I'm going I'm to cast them off because I can't afford to be hurt anymore. Or perhaps betrayal. Godly love will bear all things, will believe all things. That's why many of you, you're still believing for your sons and your daughters. You believe one day they're going to be sitting right next to you. Why? Because that's godly love. That's love that hopes and believes in all things, that believes in the word of God. Despite all the things that we've done, the Lord still loves us. In 1 Corinthians ten twenty four, the Bible says, Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. Man, if I could speak to the household for a moment, wouldn't this solve so many problems in our homes? If we could understand and remember this passage, to not be concerned for our own good, but for the good of others. When you've had a hard day at work and you walked through the door and your boss was getting on your case, or maybe you faced some disappointment or, or the bills are piling up or the stress is getting real and, and you're, you're starting to think about all these things and, and you feel stressed out. So when you walk through the door, you may say, I just need some alone time. I need some me time. Or perhaps when you're being sought after for, for help, do you concern yourself with your own good or for the good of others? And sometimes this is not an easy saying. And I know there's a place and a time for us to recharge our batteries. We need that, right? We don't want to drive ourselves to the grave. There's a time and place for it. I get that. I understand that. But sometimes we use it as an excuse to just stay in that state when the Bible's telling us. Pray for them. Lead them. Love them. Teach them. Protect them. Shield them. Spend time with them. Your children, your wife, your husband, Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. And as we do that, church, what harmony we will experience in our homes. Can you say amen? God will do some new and powerful things in our lives if we can follow this passage. In John chapter 21, we understand the betrayal, the denial that Peter committed when he was asked if he knew Jesus, Jesus was about to go on the cross. He was being persecuted, and he was being arrested. And they asked Peter, Peter, didn't you walk with him? And here was Peter, right? We understand who Peter was and how he was. He said, you know Lord, I'll never betray you. If all of these do it, all the other disciples betray you, I will never betray you. We understand the story in John 21. And as Jesus spoke it, as he... Spoke it before it happened. He, he said that, that before the rooster crows, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. So as Jesus spoke truth, that transpired. So Jesus was crucified. And imagine how Peter was feeling during these times. I could only imagine. He may have felt that he had a part to play in it because he denied him. The one that, that saved him, that loved him, that, that, that allowed him to walk on water. The one that spoke life unto him, his master, his savior, he denied him three times. So as, as the passages progress, we see the, the disciples are out there fishing. They, they go back to what they knew. They go back to their trade and they're fishing. And Jesus shows up on the shore. And we, we read the story. There's the miracle of them catching the multitude of fish because they obeyed the Lord's word. And they realized that it was Jesus that had risen from the dead, and he was on the shore there to meet his disciples. Oh, what a joy they must have felt when that happened. Their loving Savior, who they with their own eyes saw crucified, buried, they saw him die. And here he was on the beach, ready to receive them, to have fellowship with them. They were overjoyed. They were happy. But imagine what Peter was feeling. The Bible says when the rooster crowed, he remembered that the Lord said that you're going to deny me three times. Peter was perhaps, maybe he was afraid or maybe he he wasn't sure how Jesus was going to respond to him because he denied him. But look in John 21, verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you, then take care of my sheep. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Do we see the beautiful interaction here between Jesus and Peter? Jesus did not bring up his fault. Jesus did not tell Peter, See, I told you so. Don't we like saying that sometimes? I told you so. Jesus didn't do that. He shared his love for him, he, he, he received him back in. And this is Jesus' heart. Although he was betrayed, although he was persecuted, although he was threatened, he was questioned. What did he do? He healed, he received, he loved, he blessed, he delivered, and he helped. Love bears all things. Jesus' motives have always been to seek and save those who were lost. 1 Peter 2.24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to our sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Aren't you thankful for what he experienced for you? Aren't you thankful for for what he went through for you and I? We're healed today because, because of Jesus. By his stripes, you are healed in Jesus' name. So next time we want to keep record of the wrongs that we've experienced, think of this interaction between Jesus and Peter. Not once did Jesus bring it up. Man, how good are we sometimes at bringing up the faults of our loved ones or telling them, see, I told you so. I believe God wants us to enter a, new, uh, enter a new level of love and demonstrating God's love. And this is where it's at. And I thank God that we could come to church and we talk about issues of character because this is what, all, what it's all about. It's about the heart. It's about, about loving others as Christ loved us. Your family your loved ones, those that are hurting because of the sin that they're experiencing. They don't need to be reminded of their trespasses. They need to be reminded of the love of God. They need to be reminded that that the Lord is there with open arms, ready to receive them and to heal them and to help them. The enemy does enough to beat them over the head because of their sins. They need to be reminded of the love of God. Love bears all things. We need to keep a clean heart so that we can have this love. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So what are we learning here is that despite everything that we've been through, and and I understand you've been through some things, you've been through some hurts, through some situations that have caused you pain, some betrayal, the Lord's not making light of that at all. He sees it. He understands it. But even with that because of what Jesus did and the example that he set for us you and I can still love. We could still believe for our loved ones. We could still speak hope into their lives why because Jesus did the same for us. We have to love those that are around us. 1 John 4:20 20 and 21. If someone says I love God but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see how can we love God whom we cannot see? Love bears all things. Love serves others. 1 Peter 4:10 God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. That's the purpose of your gift. That's the purpose of my gift. However few there are, it's to serve others. It's not so that you can be lifted up on a pedestal so people can give you accolades and look at you and say, yeah, I want to be you, and wow, 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 wow. It's to serve others. Use them well to serve one another. Some of you have been through a mess, perhaps this year, perhaps in the arena of family or friends or relationships that broke your heart, that, that, that felt like it that tore your heart out because of some things that you've gone through this year. But look at the, the love of God working through you. Here you are today, still serving God, still praying for your loved ones, still believing for your loved ones. And it doesn't mean that you haven't been hurt, but it means that you've trusted God, that you had enough faith To obey God's word and know that, that you need to serve God and love God as He loved you and I. And in doing this, my brother and my sister, despite the pain, despite the betrayal, despite the hurt, you're being such a powerful tool for the kingdom of God. They're looking at you, they're seeing the love of God work through your life. It hasn't been easy. But because of your love and because of your faith, you're being such a testimony to so many others. Don't throw in the towel. Keep up the good work. The Bible says, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. Amen? Isn't that good news tonight? I want to prepare to close here. A couple more scriptures. But there's a story that I read about a man named Arland Williams. And I have his picture up here. Uh, They're going to throw it up on the screen. A gentleman named Arlen Williams, and there was a flight back in 1982, Air Florida Flight 90, had just taken off from Washington National Airport on January 13th, 1982. It was freezing temperature when the plane stalled and crashed into the 14th Street Bridge. This is a true story. It crashed into the 14th Street Bridge before plunging through the ice and into the Potomac River. There were over 90 people on board, and everyone on board, apart from only six passengers, were killed. A helicopter promptly flew in to rescue the survivors. As the rescue crew airlifted the survivors out of the water one by one, and this is in the dead of winter in freezing temperatures. As the rescue crew airlifted the survivors out of the water one by one, they noticed that one man, this man named Arland Williams, He kept on handing the life ring that they were lowering to other passengers. They would lower it to him, and he would would give it to other passengers, rather than choosing to save himself. He managed to save everyone, all five people. He managed to save everyone else in the water. But just as a rescue helicopter was coming back for him one final time, the plane that was floating ended up sinking, and he perished. See, here is a man that embodied this scripture that there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. This gentleman, Arlen Williams, he had five chances to be pulled out of this freezing water. But what did he do? He passed it up for the love of others so that they can be saved. And churches, you and I, Decide each and every day to love as God has called us to love, has called us to love. We're believing God to save others, we're making an impact on this world. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. As a worship team makes their way up tonight, love bears all things. The Lord doesn't say this thinking that you've never gone through anything that you haven't been betrayed that you and I haven't suffered hardships or wrongs or or betrayal or or the list goes on. But despite all this because Jesus did it for us he tells us that we have to love and bear all things. And as we're doing this we're a light in this dark world. People are taking notice. There's loss all around us. There are people looking for a beacon of light in this dark world. They're looking for for someone that has the love of God, that knows what it means to love as God loved. And what an example you and I have in Jesus Christ, our Savior. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. While you and I were living our lives in craziness and sin and doing everything that we could do to destroy our lives to make ourselves feel good at the expense of everyone else did the Lord cut you off no he didn't did he banish you from his presence say never come around me again I'm holy and you're not get out of my sight no he didn't what did he do one of the most popular scriptures in the Bible, John three sixteen. He loved the world so much that he gave his only son, his only son, his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you and to die for me. While we were yet sinners. This is the love of God. While we were the ones crucifying him, crucifying him, nailing him to the cross, slapping him, mocking him, through our lifestyle, through the decisions that we've committed, we were all partakers. But despite this, he still loved you. He still reached out his hand and is reaching out his hand today. Saying, Come as you are. I know what you've done. I know, but I still love you. I still have a plan for you. I still believe in you. I still die for you. This is a good news of the gospel. And because of this, church, you and I can have a love that bears all things. So the next time we're tempted to throw in the towel and call it quits, cut them off and say, forget you. I'm done with you. How about taking one more step, going the extra mile? Say, Lord, help me. Help me to love as you have loved me because I know they need you, Jesus. I know they need to be saved. I know you have something good for them. So use my life, Lord, and help me to love as you loved me. And in that, I can bear all things through God's power. Thank you, Jesus. You received that this evening? Thank you, Jesus. Love bears all things. Praise God. If we could bow our heads tonight.